Hello, everybody, and welcome to Shelters by Jesus Radio. I am Seth. I'm here with Al. How are you, Al? Hello. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us choose to rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. It is a choice, after all. So we, uh, we're we going to continue a discussion on the armor of God that we didn't get to complete before things got really busy here. So stay tuned. All right. Well, welcome back. And folks, uh, thanks for making us part of your day. I trust that you'll be blessed by what we talk about and give you some stuff to think about as well, too. Thank you for praying for us as well. We are broadcasting from the campus of Shelters by Jesus in Skowhegan, Maine. Yes, we have residents here. It's a full-time ministry, frontline stuff, and we're in the business of trying to love on people and get them back up and running. And so anyway, we've been looking at a little bit earlier in the book of Ephesians, Six is the place where we had left off. Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, talked about, hey, look, we're in a battle. And I guess I would tend to agree with that. And you can look back at some of our earlier episodes. Seth, are we in a battle or what? It's funny you say that. <laughs> I got this interesting text from Eric Spangler, the guy who does um, Sold Out Pictures, who made oh, our documentary. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, and he sent me this text, and it's a picture. And on it it says, if we don't have to fight, why do we have armor? Hmm. And it talks about... You know, there are principalities and powers, and we're supposed to fight. We're, we're soldiers. God's already won. He has the victory. True. But we need to get there. The armor is there for a purpose. It's there for a reason. And so what are the stakes? Well, the stakes are your soul. The you soul know. of people, the heart and soul of people. Uh, that's very real stuff. Well, First Peter chapter 2 talks about the fact that when you give in to these lusts of the flesh and temptations, you're warring with your soul. Yeah. And we have a God who protects that soul. He's our shield, our fortress our ever-present help in times of trouble. And he's the one who protects our soul. So reality is there's a heaven and hell. There really is. Yes, and there is. the Bible is very clear about that. And if anyone's, you know, maybe we should do some programs on that as well, too. Absolutely. However, we're under attack. Satan's time is limited. I believe the Lord's return is imminent. All the things that need to be fulfilled have been fulfilled. And he's fixing to call his people. And then that seven years tribulation, however you want to break it down, I believe will happen. His return is imminent. And yeah. you know, folks, best decision you can ever make is to trust in a loving Savior who died on the cross for your sins. And many of us listening to this, it's Seth, you and I both know that. Biggest decision of our life. It's life-changing. You're filled with the Holy Spirit then, and you begin to be transformed. You take on the mind of Christ. Well, no decision is bigger than that one. Oh, no, no. In, no in, decision. In no one's life. In That's everyone's it. life. Because exactly. It, our lives will end. God says that men are like grass in the field. Whew. You know, we wither compared and, to eternity. Absolutely. And so you're going to stand before an almighty God and you're either going to be facing the Bema Seat judgment or the White Throne judgment. I'd rather see him sitting on the Bema Seat with love and grace and mercy yeah. as he tells me what I did for him. Yeah. And when you're on the White Throne judgment, if you're standing there, folks, you're going to be staring into the eyes of a wrathful, angry God. That's not for and, me. And it's not like it's a surprise either. So we no. so we have that blueprint laid out, uh, one mm. that the Bible talks. It's, it's a book of redemption. It's redeeming those that he loves, and, and mm-hmm. that includes us. And so how neat that is. So when you enter into his kingdom, then you realize that the most important thing is that relationship with Jesus Christ. And then you, you want others to follow and, and to know. So we want to do that. We want to introduce our family. We want to bring our family with us. You know, mm-hmm. It's one of the few things you can take from earth. And 
And so we're interested in our family. And then we start to, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, being conformed into His image, and we start to care about other people. And so that's why you and I are on this broadcast. Right. Uh, and, and that's why you and I do the things we do. Seth, I know he's our director here at Shelters by Jesus and toils daily, it just with incredible types of challenges that go with running a shelter. And then I come in and do Bible studies. I'm a, a teaching pastor of sorts. Yeah, you're scheduled to <laughs> teach tonight. I'm scheduled to teach tonight. Yeah, we're going to be starting in the Mark. And so you'll read about him in Acts, and then he went on missionary trips. Anyway, I'm looking forward to that. So, But that takes time to prepare. So why Mark in particular? You know, I've been praying, and that's a fair question. Yeah. Um, I try to ask the Lord, you know, I've, I've just gone through First and Second Thessalonians, and over time I've kind of gone back and forth, Old Testament, New Testament. And so I was just, Lord, what's the next thing you want me to teach? Because I really, I really want to hear from him in, in that regard. And few ideas came to mind. And then there's that book of Mark. It's a smaller gospel. It's short, succinct. I have not taught through it before. Oh, and, and I realized that. And I said, Mark, really? And so I just, I started reading some of the preface stuff. And so I prayed about it. And then I kind of just felt that that's where I was being led to All go right. ahead and, and preach about. And Excellent. Um, so that's where, I've, that's where I'm heading <laughs> in that direction. Good enough. Um, but so, yes. We have an advocate, one who loves us, and we have one who is, is an enemy of our soul, and his time is limited, definitely. And so people are under attack, you know. He's a liar and a deceiver, and so he tries to keep people from coming to a saving knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And then he tries to ruin, just make things difficult for us and wreck our testimony and stuff. It's not always him. I mean, we still have the flesh and the world to contend with, but That's true. there are times when things just don't make sense. And, you know, if somebody was attacking my family and I could see him, I'll tell you what, Mr. Man, I'd be on my horse and I'd be doing something about it, whatever I needed to do to protect my family. But when you can't see something and they're protecting the family now, it's just like, boy, what are you going to do? Well, as a believer, the Lord is our fortress. He is a strong tower to those who trust in him. No weapon formed against us will stand because yeah. we're under his grace. And and so in the book of Ephesians, a little ways into chapter six, Paul talks Finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Check that out. He wouldn't have said it if the devil didn't have schemes. That is tricky things that he tries to fool us on, tries to disrupt our whole life and try to stop us from helping to spread the good news. And so it's an honest to goodness assault, a battle that we're in. It's well, I think people need to realize how the devil hates you. Oh. He doesn't love you. He doesn't appreciate That's why I hate that TV show, Lucy. Lucifer. I've never watched an episode, but I've watched reviews on it and things like that. They yeah. talk about how, oh, he's really a good guy. Oh. He's just got a dark way of doing I, I, things. I was not aware that was such a show. It is. It's called Lucifer. That's probably and, why we don't have TV at And I'm house. telling you, Al, you know, he hates you. He has no love for humanity. He wants yeah. our utter destruction. Yeah. And for people to think that he's not that bad of a guy or the devil's more of a concept, that's his greatest weapon is convincing you he doesn't exist. Right. Here it he, says here that it's devil's schemes. He has a plan to goof us up and to disrupt us, to lie, and cheat, deceive, cast doubt. To see our souls destroyed. If he can. So our struggle is not against flesh and blood, Paul reminds us, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of the dark world 
world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. He says, because of that, therefore put on the full armor of God, not the half armor of God, the full armor of God, so that when that evil day comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm. We're not just a survival mode, hanging on, barely getting by. No, this is taking back ground. This is, I believe, going forward. And so may it be so, Lord, that that could happen. So, yes, Lord, thank you for this episode, too, by the way. And, and uh, Lord, we just want to honor you with our words and thoughts as we talk about the armor. Thank you, Lord, for the armor. Praise you, Lord, for the armor that you give us and that mm. we can be soldiers and be counted worthy to wear that uniform mm. and to go forward in your name. Stand firm with the belt of truth buckled against your waist. So we have that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. We put that on in, in a spiritual sense. We worship the Father in spirit and in truth. I also think, if I can make a quick comment sure. about that, that when they're talking about the truth, they literally mean the truth as well. You know, Jesus is the truth. He is the truth. But he also wants us to operate in truth. Yes. Don't lie. No. Don't cheat. Don't steal. Because it's like a poison. Yes. When we lie, Al, it's like we've ingested a bad piece of meat or we've been hit with a poisonous dart because it just gets worse and it gets worse and it gets worse. Yeah. And then we can cause so much destruction. We were just talking off air, too, that, you know, oh, gosh, you know, here's someone saying this, but they're really not truthful. Right. And, and that hurts. It does that hurt. hurts. Yeah. And sometimes people just get so used to that that they operate in that realm of not being in truth. Right, of dishonesty, um, yeah. Of dishonesty. Yeah. So we're t- on that too, you know, as well. So, but we want to put on the belt of truth, buckle mm. around our waist, breastplate of righteousness in place. He will lead us in paths of righteousness for His namesake. We put on that. I mean, there's some biblical lessons that say, you know, put off something, but put on something. So, okay, put off your old garments, your old ways. Put on His righteousness, not ours. It's nothing that we do. So mm. yes. So we have on the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet fitted with the readiness that comes with the gospel of peace. What's the gospel of peace? The gospel does bring peace. It does. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. So apparently in a way that we can't really totally understand it, there are fiery darts that are shot at us. And with the shield of faith, they can be extinguished. And so this is important too. It is very important. And, you know, I, you and I were talking off the air and I was mentioning about being exhausted and tired sometimes. And you can be a casualty if you're not careful. And there are many times in my faith as a Christian, I have become a casualty because you get tired and you get exhausted. I think it's always a mix. My poor decisions, their poor decisions, but it does get tiring. It does get exhausting. And that shield of faith is sometimes the only thing that keeps you moving forward. You're trusting in God's word when he promises he'll never leave you or forsake you. When he says he fights your battles for you, when he says that all things work for good for those who love the Lord, you're trusting in those things. And that is an example of a shield of faith. Jesus is our author of our faith. And he's going to be our finisher, too. So we keep our eyes fixed on him. Certainly, though, there are times when we don't feel it. It doesn't feel good. So the faith and the saving, finished work of Jesus Christ is a fact. And that being established... We don't want to waver from that. We want to hold firm to that uh, understanding. And we've seen too much to turn back. We want to be ready. I don't know about you, but I put my armor on today. I like to do it before I enter a building, you know, and I'm starting my day where I happen to be working now. But I, I got in and I was just like, oh, you know, I'm, th- I'm thinking about all the stuff that could go wrong that hasn't gone wrong yet, you know, and enough sufficient is the worries of today. But I paused and I put on the armor just piece by 
piece. I, I, I don't have this memorized that I say it exactly like that, except I'll, I'll put on the sandals of peace, the belt of truth, breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, that shield of faith, and the sword of the Spirit. And then it does say to keep on praying. I know there's some people that are advocates to say that, you know, that activates this whole thing too. So mm. we want to be prepared. So we have the armor on. And I think we even talked and drew those analogies of being in real battle, having been in the service. You understand the importance of having working equipment and keeping it handy and wearing it properly and not just wearing half your stuff, but having it all, even if it may be uncomfortable sometimes. But you can relate to this, certainly, I, th- I believe. And you get in trouble if you're not wearing the whole thing. We we call it battle rattle. Put yeah. your battle rattle on, you know. <laughs> uh, it includes knee pads, elbow pads, gloves, and all that other stuff. And it can get hot. It can, it can get hot get in Iraq. Very, very hot. But, you know, you wouldn't go into it without it because you want to increase your chances of coming back. Take the helmet of salvation. I understand this to be just putting it on just like a helmet, and it's referred to as the helmet of salvation. So my understanding of this, I mean, what is salvation? I guess that's the one where we throw that word around. It's like, do. what does that mean to you, Seth? Well, salvation is being forgiven of my sins. I use the word restore, but it's like saving me from the penalty of sin that I deserve. Jesus is taking it on himself, and that has saved me from being sent to hell. When I die, I can stand before the Lord, hopefully have him say, well done, good and faithful servant. So it's a position. It's a position. We're in Christ. That he that, that he right. provided for us. Yeah. It's, I see it as a derivative. Thank you. That I, yeah. I, I totally agree with that. And that's, I thought that was well said. The word in it of itself, salvation, it's a derivative of the word being saved. Right. From that penalty, saved, salvation. The initial thing is being saved from what? From the penalty of sin, which is death. Right. Which is death. And and we're talking about the second death, which is eternal separation from God. Yeah, and so but it doesn't have to be that way because no. there's this free gift of salvation that frees us from that penalty of sin, and it's not a loan. It's a finished work, and it's a free gift. You can't earn it. There's nothing we can do. Although our tendency is to want to do that, is to want to try to earn it. That keeps our mind firm to that whole understanding of what salvation is, and to not waver on that because. Because sometimes I know some people that are, I have known people, I should say, that just are weak in their faith. And they just, they'll be have moments when they feel like, yes, the Lord loves me, I'm saved. And then, you know, the waves come and the troubles come. And then they're just like, they bail. They make mistakes and then they wonder, you know, was I really saved? Am I saved? And we've even seen the phenomena where people want to get saved again and again and again and again. And they're just, they're not sure of that. Well, if you have your helmet of salvation on, there's some clarity that protects that thought process, I believe, in that regard. Yeah, I think you start to view things as, like when we're told that through much tribulation do we see the kingdom of heaven, you begin to understand that sanctification is a process, and the mistakes you make in life are there to show you what you need to change. I think there's a misconception that, oh, once I'm saved, I'll never sin again, I'll never make a mistake again, I'll never do these things again, but the truth is, I think we do, and then God reveals it to us, and then he begins a work in us to get rid of it, uh, so that we, we can grow through sanctification to be more like his son. It really is a process. And we can step back and objectively see that he was at work, even in that time of trouble. And he says, in this world, you'll have trouble. Not you might, you will have trouble, Mm. but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Jesus said that. Those are his words. I think having the helmet of salvation on can help 
protect that whole thought process so that doubts can be cast away instantly, not even allowed a place in our thought process. Let me ask you a question now. Sure. We talk about salvation as saved people. We know the importance of it. When we look at the world, we can't imagine like, why don't you comprehend the fact that you need to be saved? Why would you continue to live this life when God is offering you a free gift to change? Why wouldn't you change? I don't understand this. You know, and I'm reminded what the scriptures say, these things are foolishness to the world. It doesn't make sense to the The dark world. doesn't comprehend it. They don't want it because it doesn't make sense to them. I guess my question is to you, Al, when you run into a situation where, like, I was teaching the other night and had a fellow in there that was smirking as I was preaching the gospel, literally sharing the gospel, salvation. And he's smirking and he's making jokes and he's laughing. And, and I look at him and said, what is your problem? What is your issue? I said, you're being so disrespectful right now. I said, don't you understand? Your soul is at risk and you're mocking it and you're making fun of it. And I'm trying to show you the truth. And I said, you know what's going to happen is when you go before the Lord unsaved, you won't be able to say, Seth never told me. Oh, I think that's one of the penalties of, for all time. A person's going to have those regrets of they were without excuse. Mm. The Lord is patient. He desires that no one perish. He gives plenty of opportunities. All of creation testifies to his goodness. And yet some people still just dig their heels in and say, I refuse to receive this free gift. And that will be one of the penalties of all time. That would be torturous for all time to think I had a chance. Here was another chance. Someone in their graciousness put aside my smirking and that sort of thing to still love me enough to tell me the truth. I mean, what do we get for it? I mean, we might get some crowns, but we're going to cast them on the glassy sea. And so we, we care about somebody's eternal. Yeah, it wasn't like my ego was bruised. No. But there, here's this, this kid mocking, and all I can see is this kid's soul in hell. And I'm like, listen, you're making a joke. God says he will not be mocked. So I'm trying to open your eyes and share with you the truth that's going to save your soul. And you want to sit there and make jokes. I won't go before you and me talking here, but uh, the rest of the world too. But I won't go up to the pulpit without having the armor on because I realize that I'm susceptible. My flesh could creep on in there and I just don't want that to happen. I'm secure in my salvation. I really am. Our life compared to eternity is just but like a, a, vapor. a, a blade of grass, a vapor, right? And so there, there is, is a battle going on, and the harvest is ripe right now. There are people that really want to hear this, and, and that's who we want to reach out to, and certainly you're going to get some people that are going to try to be used, and they're under the influence of some evil influences, and they're going to try right. to that's stop that. That's all I that. could think when I was looking at them, too. Absolutely. Was... Sometimes I just, I'll just go up, so I'm, I have my armor on, and you're in a battle then, and it has, you know, that helmet of salvation. And it says, and in the same sentence, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So here we go. These are some of the last parts of of the armor talking about the helmet and the sword. Prior to that, we put on the belt of truth, the breastplate of his righteousness, the sandals of peace, the helmet of salvation. We got the sword of the spirit now. And so the helmet and the sword, those are the things that we're at right now. Those are intertwined, right? I think so. Yeah. You can't have salvation without knowing the gospel. And the Word of God is special. That's going to be the sword we use. It's like, we're going to rely on Him. So I put that on, and I go into battle, and I know that things start 
I happen to be a teacher. And so you may be here at the shelter, I'm at school, mm-hmm. someone giving us a hard time, person in the audience being disrespectful, student after re- many redirections still not doing something. There is an evil influence going on. There has to be, Al, because if you think about it, let's just say you were here in attendance as a resident and you just didn't want to believe, it, at least in the moment. I think God works on people's hearts at different speeds. Yep. But let's just say for that day, you had no interest in believing. We're providing you with food, clothing, shelter, a bed, hot water, laundry, all these things. You'd think safe you, place, too. A very safe place. Yes. And you would think that you could, out of respect, just sit there and endure it to the best of your abilities, rather than become someone who's mocking and laughing and joking. How disrespectful is that to the people who are providing you, through the grace of God, a place to be. So how did that end up? Did he did, did the person kind of quiet or is he oh, gone? Oh, he got, he no, he got real quiet. Yeah. Because I'm... You called him on it. I called him on it and I, I want him to, I want him to see Jesus. And so, you know, I, I could have had a temper tantrum and said, all right, pack it up, get out. I'm not going to... But then I wouldn't have shown him grace. I wouldn't yeah. have shown him love. I wouldn't have shown him mercy. And I really want him to get it. This kid is on my heart. He thinks I'm mad at him and I don't like him. The truth is I love the kid, which is why I'm on him. Hmm. Because I want him to get it. Now, I'm not the kind of guy who's going to shove it down his throat, but I want him to get the rules here. The rules are in place for a reason. I want him to at least listen. I can't make anyone believe, right, Al? Mm -hmm. We can't make you believe. But we're just asking, out of what you're given here, just be respectful and listen. So he's been a a bit of a challenge, and I'm just going to keep praying and keep teaching, and hopefully he gets it. Let's face it. How many times have we seen someone who resists the whole idea of the gospel and going to church and Bible studies and where we are a faith-based ministry? That's part of the deal. If you come here, you're going to get an opportunity to hear. And so we've seen that before, and then also people have responded then. Yes, they have. That's why we keep doing it. Amen. Ephesians 6.18 says to keep on praying at all occasions and all prayers and requests. That kind of seals the deal, I believe. Friends, you've been listening to Shelters by Jesus radio podcast. We've been talking about the full armor of God, and we trust that you are fully engaged and have tried that on for size today, and we commend you for doing that and for having the faith that that will allow you to move forward. It's given by a loving God, and so absolutely put it on. This is a faith-based ministry here, and we'd love to have your support in terms of prayer. We need your prayers so that we can go forward and cut through the darkness. We'd also love to have your support too. You can do that very simply by clicking the support button or contacting us here by telephone, area code 207-474-8833, writing us at Shelters by Jesus, 12 McClellan Street, Skowhegan, Maine, 04976. Again, thank you for tuning in. Seth, uh, can you stick around for another episode? Yeah, why not? Why not? (laughs) God bless you all. Thank you.